Also, quick shout out to my grandmother who is here with us. She is 93 years old. She's still moving and grooving. Oh my goodness. I hope I get those jeans. Now, before I begin, I would like to recognize that we are on the land of the Wampanoag Nation, that this is sacred earth, and that we have a responsibility to care for it and to treat it as such. Now, much to my annoyance growing up, the phrase, back in my day, was used by my parents as often as infamous staples such as because I told you so and I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> but as I stand on this stage, childish irritation is replaced by immeasurable gratitude. You see, back in my father's day, students who looked like him like me, were pushed out of schools like this. Before my mother even turned 16, white families around this country rioted against integration. So these years at Harvard have been a vindication of their struggle and sacrifice, but I have to say this place has a peculiar way of shifting that familial perspective. Now, like many of us, I came here wanting to meet my parents' expectations and become successful, so I internalized what has become a familiar routine. I stressed over problem sets. I worried about internships and jobs. I shook hands. I passed resumes. And soon, personal failures became unbearable. Soon, when I would get rejections from student organizations, I would feel worthless next to my friends. When I would get a bad grade on a test, I would worry about my future. When I would be rejected from jobs and internships, I bemoaned how unfair this world was. I forgot the lessons my parents had spent so many years trying to teach me so when I was at my lowest and I called out to my dad for help and guidance and he started the call off by saying, back in my day, I hung up. <laughs> we really do live in an unfair world. Of all the people who could have come here, we are the select few who were chosen. That as we worry about our personal failures here, we will earn and achieve more than families whose only failure was living in a broken, unequal system. That we have been so conditioned by privilege and circumstance that exclusivity is only a crime when we don't receive its spoils. Now, our education here has not prepared us to understand our advantaged position in the world or the authenticity of others' pain. In economics, we learn to quantify and dehumanize suffering. We learn that poverty, inequality, 
unemployment are unavoidable. That so long as we reach equilibrium, people who live on pennies a day are somehow better off. In social studies and sociology, we learn to treat other suffering as an academic exercise to ponder their pain from a distance. We critique structural inequality and oppression, but how many of us every day for the past four years have walked past people in the square experiencing homelessness and acted as though our theories and our conscience did not apply to them? Now, I know we will be successful because we are ambitious and talented and personally driven, and we will become leaders and innovators and founders of businesses and nonprofits, but that is exactly why the change this world so desperately needs will not come from us. That in spite of our jargon, our let's grab a meals, our votes for Hillary, our votes for Joe, <laughs> we will never sacrifice our position, our place in the system. If we could give up this degree to prevent someone from experiencing homelessness or poverty or discrimination or violence, we wouldn't. And I know this because after four years here, I didn't even consider it. But last semester, dining hall workers gave us the education that we so desperately needed. For three weeks, they went without pay. They were on picket lines. They marched. They shared their stories and experiences. They sacrificed everything for affordable health care. And still, we were skeptical and indifferent to their pain. One student went so far as to tell me that, unfortunately, in the market we live in, workers without college degrees simply could not be covered. How quickly we have become the political leaders we claim to despise. But dining hall workers remembered the lesson that my parents taught me. They remembered that our struggles are intimately connected. They fought not only for affordable health care, they fought for gender and racial equity, they fought for undocumented workers, they fought for their children, for workers in other universities, for workers around the world, and they won. This is where you clap. Now, as inspired as I am, by that show of conviction, I recognize that as we are now, we are not yet ready to inherit this world. It's a hard thing to say, and it's a hard thing to hear. And I am sure it would be easy to leave here feeling guilty, but 
without any lasting commitment, I'm sure it would be easy to convince ourselves that this is just the way the world works. I am sure, as my parents know all too well, it would be easy for us to justify our privileges and unequal advantages by saying that it's better to take care of our own than to empower individuals whose society has disowned, but we have stepped on the blood and bones of people for far too long to forgive ourselves for doing what is easy. No, we need to act beyond ourselves and think about what is possible for others. And I know if I do that, then in the future, when I hear my children complaining about the inconveniences in their world, I will muster the strength to smile. And I will know they are living in a world that is one I could only dream of. Because back in my day, <laughs> 